Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry, featuring the ministry of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee, two ministers of God's economy who served together in China for nearly 20 years. Watchman Nee was imprisoned by the Chinese government in 1952 and remained there until his death in 1972. Following his imprisonment, Witness Lee carried on this ministry in Taiwan and eventually in America and ultimately around the world. He served the Lord for more than 70 years before going to be with him in 1997. His major contribution was through a 21-year labor he called Life Study, an exhaustive commentary on the entire Bible. This program is based on those messages. Before we join today's show, we'd like to give you our website where you can find more programs just like this one. It's lsmradio.org. Again, lsmradio.org radio.org. Now, here's our show today. We all have our own favorite verses throughout the Bible. For many of us, some of our favorite verses are found in pages of the Old Testament. And we tend to avoid the Old Testament often in terms of its bigger meaning because it does seem to be somewhat veiled and obscure. However, the real meaning of all of our verses in the Old Testament match that of the revelation in the New Testament, and that is that at the heart of God's desire is an economy. Witnessly summarizes God's economy in the pages of his own life study of Zechariah. Allow me to read this very short paragraph. The center of God's economy is to have a body to express Christ. Eventually, this body will be Christ's bride to match him as his counterpart, and to come down to earth with him to carry out the final step of God's economy. Today the world situation is ready for his coming, but the Lord has not yet gained his counterpart. Therefore, he has no way to come back. He is still waiting. Matt Miller is here, and we are going to uh, fellowship on the last program, Matt of Zechariah, and this really Uh, ends a whole segment of the life study of the Old Testament where we've touched a number of books, Ezra and Nehemiah and Haggai and Esther, and now we've had uh, Zechariah as kind of a cherry on the top of this uh, wonderful dessert in the Old Testament. But there's something very profound and deep through all of these pages, isn't there? Well, it's, it's good, Chris, and it's fitting that we would conclude this block of life study programs on this matter of God's economy, which was the very burden in Witness Lee's heart as he concluded this life study. And I I'm looking forward to today's program because God's economy is the heartbeat, the center, the burden behind this entire ministry. Yeah, and that little portion uh, that uh, we just read there, we heard him talk about the Lord's delay in his coming. This is a question I think it's on the mind of many believers. What is the Lord waiting for? Is it uh, the last person necessary to get saved or uh, world events to get to a certain point where all of these things can be fulfilled? But actually, I think he just put his finger on the very key point, didn't he? Well, yeah, it's the building up of the body of Christ, which is the center of God's economy, God's purpose, God's heart's desire is that the body of Christ would be built up so that he could return. This is really what's on God's heart. 
In this first portion today, we're going to join Witness Lee in the message that he just spoke, this portion I read out of the live study. It's expanded a little bit, and I think you get a sense of his feeling. It's a good portion, and it's worth repeating. It's worth us saying and then letting him say it, and then us coming back and trying to say it again, Matt. Sounds good, Chris. I think to read a verse in Zechariah chapter 2 would be fitting 2 verse 8. says this, because it touches God's economy as the thing in God's heart that is motivating him in all of his activities with man, even including Christ's redemptive death. In verse 8, chapter 2, it says, For thus says Jehovah of hosts, After the glory he has sent me against the nations who plunder you, speaking of Israel, his people. For he who touches you touches the pupil of his eye. We like to translate that sometimes as the apple of his eye. This is the center of God's heart, isn't it? To touch God's people is to poke God in the eye. All right, here's Witness Lee. Most of the Christians used the Bible as a book that teaches them to be good, ethical, godly, and spiritual. Well, this is uh, not wrong. Neither this is bad. I would say this is good. But, sorry to say, this is only for them, for the Christians for the readers of the Bible. This is not at all for God. And teaching people to be good, moral, ethical, godly, spiritual, and so forth, this is a minor point in the Bible. It is a minor point. But the major point in the Bible is concerning God's economy. This term, God's economy, you couldn't hear. No one talks about it. Isaiah, Daniel, and Zechariah, they are just on Christ, not only as our Savior, Redeemer, but as the centrality and universality of God's move to fulfill his economy on this earth. No one talks about this. No one would pay attention to this. This is why the Lord has been delayed for 2,000 years. You could look at the world situation. It seems that the world situation sure is ready for him to come back. But how about his economy? And his economy with a sender to have a body to express himself, which will be his bride as a counterpart to match him, coming down to the earth to carry out the final step of God's economy. You couldn't see such a thing today, so the Lord has no way to come back. Matt, I think he uh, spoke this in about 1990 or 91, and he says at that point, you could look at the world situation, it seems the situation in the world is surely ready for him to come back. And as we sit here today now, we have to say even more strongly, the world situation is so set up for the Lord's return, yet still he tarries and delays because this key matter has not yet emerged, has it? It hasn't, Chris, and that's why we need to keep 
talking about it on the radio and keep telling our listeners, keep proclaiming it on the internet, writing it in the books. We have to make this point with a big exclamation point. The body of Christ hasn't been built yet because God's economy has not received the proper focus. You know, I was reading a book one time that the index of a book, that's where we get the word index finger. Mm -hmm. It's for pointing. Mm -hmm. And a preacher really is one who points, who indexes. You know, we can't provide people with all of God's economy in this program, but if we can be anything here, it's a finger. We're an index finger. We're going to point people to God's economy. We need to see God's economy. How can you possibly go to God's word and not know what his economy is? It's insane. It's crazy. Yet Witness Lee said it just now, and we repeat it, that God's economy is neglected today. Yet we're here to point at it. We're here to talk about it. We're here to repeat it. God's economy must be given the proper attention for God to have his way, that his body could be built up, that Christ could come back again. Everything else is ready. He's waiting for that. You know, I had to uh, smile as I was listening. He was talking about how frequently people uh, sort of lock on to these points related to behavior, that the point of the Bible is to bring forth good behavior. You know, man, in the current situation, we've had this blockbuster Christian movie that has, you know, had such an impact on society, and there's so much conversation now related to the topic of uh, uh, the crucifixion. And I heard uh, some very, quote, quote, expert commentators the other day trying to distill the whole thing down, what this movie represents. And their answer was, and it seemed irrefutable or so obvious at the time, their answer was that, well, this is the classic battle of good versus evil and good overcame evil. And that's the message of the cross. Well, that is a message of the cross, but we can't say especially in light of what we're hearing today, that that is the message of the cross. God's economy is completely invested in the cross, and that is far more than just examples of good winning out over evil, isn't it? Well, it's minor. And Witness Lee just said, good ethics, you know, something good is a minor thing. But God's economy is the major thing. And that's the problem we have today, is that people are majoring in the minor things in the Bible and minoring in the major things. We need to major in God's economy. We use this term uh, frequently on the program. It's throughout our ministry. Even our translation of the Bible is called the recovery version. What do we mean by recovery? Well, today we mean very much that what God is eager and driven to recover among his people is this matter of God's economy. What we're about to hear is a very good summary of some of the high points of God's recovery through the last uh, two or three or four centuries. Why don't we join Witness Lee for that? Through the centuries, century after century, from the second century, the Lord has been working something always through his lovers to recover the last truths. A little bit in the age of the church fathers, a little bit after Nicene Council, bit by bit, until Martin Luther, he was a little quicker and bold so strong concerning justification by faith. But at his later days concerning the church practice, he was not that strong. Then following that, in the 17th century, the mystics were used by God to recover the inner life. Then in the 18th century, Zinzendorf, with all his companions, 
they were used by God to recover the practice of the church life as a kind of initiation. Then in the 19th century, God used the brethren to recover further the practice of the church life, but it was not that much in full. And even the more, not too long, they became dumb and dumb. So in the 20th century, at the beginning of the 20th century, the Lord went to that heathen land, China, quite ancient, quite old, quite conservative, to man's side, there is no possibility in that old conservative race for God to do anything. But God did something. So the recovery has come to us. The dear saints, mostly they receive the help, firstly in the assurance of salvation, then in godliness, ethics, spirituality, overcoming, in all these things, which are good, very good. But, start to say, even up to today, I don't believe many are so clear about God's economy. Of course, I'm happy to know and to see that you are here to seek Christ, to grow in life, to be more godly, more spiritual, more overcoming. I like to see this, but I'm not that satisfied only to see this much. I like to see you all, above all these. My, you do have the eyes to see God's economy. Matt, let's pick up this point of recovery. You know, there was a time in the 16th century to have a full realization of justification by faith puts you at the very forward point of the advance of God's move at that time. Those who were following Luther at that point in time were on the leading or cutting edge of God's recovery. For us today, we accept and appreciate justification by faith immensely, but we are not satisfied to still just be at that point, are we? In other words, God's move of recovery has gone on, and that's the point he's trying to make here. Absolutely, Chris. And the recovery is something that goes beyond just Martin Luther. The recovery came to Martin Luther with justification by faith, but it didn't end there. It went on century after century, and Witness Lee detailed that with Zinzendorf. Eventually, he said, it has come to us. The recovery came to Watchman Nee in China. In 1922, he began his ministry, and then eventually, Witness Lee made a comment to Watchman Nee that I always appreciated. He said, if you don't take this way, I'm still going to take this way. In other words, if Watchman Nee were to be unfaithful to the Lord's recovery, the Lord's recovery is still the Lord's recovery. It's bigger than Watchman Nee. It's bigger than Witness Lee. It's the Lord's mercy that the recovery came to them. And eventually, Witness Lee came to this country in 1962 and brought the Lord's recovery to this country. And since then, it came to us, and we're appreciative of that. And I gave the recovery version, Chris, to a friend of mine, and he read a footnote in the recovery version on Matthew chapter 16 that the Lord is not building the church through the denominations or through the Catholic church, but he's doing it through the Lord's recovery. And he asked me, he said, so are you saying the Lord's only building the church through you, pointing at me? And my response to him was, is, 
No, that's not what I'm saying because he's doing it through the Lord's recovery, and the Lord's recovery is something way bigger than me. It's something the Lord is doing, he's been doing, Luther was part of it, but it depends on my faithfulness. Right. Will I be faithful to the Lord's recovery to allow the Lord to build through me? And Chris, my hope is that everyone who's listening today would be a part of the Lord's recovery, that the Lord would use them to be brought into the proper building up of the body of Christ. So it's not a matter of belonging to this group or that group. It's a matter of, are we faithful in allowing the Lord to advance and recover all that he is after in this age? And we dare not say that that is confined to one select group or another. That's not the point. I think Witness Lee's answer to Watchman Nee or his comment to Watchman Nee was very telling. It proved that he was not following the man, Watchman Nee. He was following the vision of you know what God was doing among his people at that time. And that's where all of us should be in our prayers and in our seeking, striving to be day by day as believers, shouldn't we? Absolutely. Well, I think it's probably a good time to jump to the last section today. And he will, I think, highlight some of these so-called favorite verses we began talking about today. And in one context, we see these, we love them, we see an application for ourselves. It may help us in our walk today. But the call here is for all of us to see not just our favorite verses, but all of God's divine revelation, the entire Word of God, as that which reveals Christ and what is important to him, not just what's important to us. And one uh, example, fittingly from near the end of Zechariah, a, a marvelous verse, a sweet verse, a verse we all cherish in chapter 13, verse 1. It says, In that day there will be an opened fountain for the house of David and for the inhabitants of Jerusalem, for sin and for impurity, or some translations say iniquity. We love this open fountain for sin, don't we? This is a great section to conclude the life study of Zechariah on. Looking forward to it. All right, here's Witness Lee. The intention, the goal of my study with you in these prophet books is to help you to go further from the realm of your seeking for your spirituality into another realm to see God's desire, to see God's good pleasure. That is, haha, according to God's plan, according to his eternal arrangement, to his eternal economy, how he desires to have a church, a church in the biblical sense, altogether not something organizational, but very organic, full of Christ's life, full of the triumph God to make us human beings full of God's divinity and to join us with God as one spirit. This is God's economy. I do know some good verses, sweet verses in Isaiah, in Daniel, and in Zechariah have been quoted again and again and again. But I hope that you could dive into another realm, not just the so-called spiritual realm, but the realm that concerns God's economy. Amen. For instance, Zechariah 13.1, there is an open fountain for sin and for iniquity. There was a good hymn written on this. Very good. These are sweet verses. But they never saw 
anything concerning God's economy. The very Christ, with whom, of whom, by whom, and in whom the open fountain is. This Christ is the centrality, universality of God's economy, wrapped up with human history. Then in Daniel, you know, Christ's death, the cutting off of Messiah, is mentioned in Daniel in the economical way of God's design. We stress very much that crucifixion is not just for our redeeming. It is the termination of the old creation to fulfill God's economy. Could you see? Daniel's point is all together of the economy of God. My, that big image, what is that? Something to match God's move. For what? For Christ. Christ, in so many chapters, to be involved, even to be wrapped up with human government for the fulfillment of God's economy. Matt, let me just add a quick word to clarify the context here he's talking about. Of course, Daniel, in his dream, the revelation of this great image of four parts that represents all of the great kingdoms of the earth in human history. And at the end, the stone cut out without hands comes down and smashes the human image uh, representing these governments, a clear pointing to the Lord's coming at the end of this age after the battle of Armageddon and the Lord really overthrows all of earthly governments. But all of that is to say that even the revelation of Messiah being cut off that we saw in Daniel is wrapped up, is intertwined with God's move throughout history to accomplish his purpose in his economy, isn't it? It's so easy to see things from a selfish point of view. If you only see Christ's redemption to save you, that's not enough. You know, everyone quotes John three sixteen: God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that we could have eternal life. Right. But... Not as many quote Ephesians 5.26, that Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. He gave himself not just for the individuals, but also for the church. He wants to have a church and present it to himself as a glorious bride. That's beyond the Redeemer just for me. Yeah. What are your final thoughts, man, as we near the end here? We've had such a marvelous experience, journey through these books of recovery, these Old Testament prophets that were uh, contemporaries of Ezra and Nehemiah. How would you kind of summarize things as we wrap up this life study? I did want to read one verse from Job, chapter 19, verse 25, along this line of what we were just talking about. A great verse, and many people quote it. I'll read it. But I know that my Redeemer lives, and at the last he will stand upon the earth. Famous verse, people quote it all the time, but it misses God's economy. We're going to get into the life study of Job, and Witness Lee will bring out at that time that this verse particularly it talks about the Redeemer living and the Redeemer living, but in God's economy, we need to say, my Redeemer lives in me because it's Christ in me that's the hope of glory. It's not enough that our Redeemer lives. We need to proclaim my Redeemer lives in me. Then we're according to God's economy, Christ living in me for the building of his church. We have all of the uh, printed materials and those that are available on our website, uh, our mailing address. If you'd like to order any of these past books now, we're just finishing in the Old Testament. You can contact us, 1-888-LIFE-STUDY, 888-543-3788. Matt, how about you give the website? www.lsm.org. And if you go there, there's 
uh, links to the radio broadcast. There's also links to the printed messages of most of the Old Testament life study books. Well, uh, that's it for today. And for Matt Miller, I'm Chris Wilde. We both thank you very much for listening today. You've been listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, produced by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee ministered the Word of God for over seven decades. Many consider these life studies as his seminal work, an exhaustive commentary on the entire Bible from the perspective of the believer's enjoyment and experience of God's divine life in Christ through the Spirit. If you'd like to find more about Witness Lee, these life study messages, or any of the materials provided by Living Stream Ministry, please visit our website, lsm.org. That's lsm.org. You can also email us, radio at lsm.org, or call us toll-free, 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. Thanks for listening today. Are we at the end of the world? And when he was questioned by the Pharisees as to when the kingdom of God was coming, he answered them and said, The kingdom of God does not come with observation, nor will they say, Behold, here it is, or there, for behold, the kingdom of God is in the midst of you. Luke chapter 17, verses 20 and 21. These verses prove that the kingdom of God is the Savior himself. Wherever the Savior is, there the kingdom of God is. He is the seed of the kingdom of God to be sown into God's chosen people, to develop into God's ruling realm. Since his resurrection, he has been within his believers. Hence, the kingdom of God is within the church today. Scripture, Luke 17, verses 21 and 22, and commentary from the New Testament Recovery Version, published by Living Stream Ministry. For more information, visit lsm.org.